The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back, and let's get this fucking show started. Pretty cool. I got the keys ready to come in. You know, come and music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? <laughs> Lois could never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh, no, you wanted to play Little Bean instead. Aquaman's a hero! It's better than that one looks like. I guarantee you blow the load like a shot. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic forum. Assemble. We're back once again on day 576 of quarantine. Coming at you on this TV Tuesday. Uh, On the line, I have none other than my most consistent partner in crime in these days, Joe. Hey, what's up? Uh, It is TV Tuesday here on Fantastic Forum, and we, we have some stuff to talk about we got solar opposites as teased yesterday hulu's new animated si- sitcom from uh co-creator justin roiland from rick and morty fame uh we have a comic book review for the dead and the dying image comics issue number one and as well as the news we always have a little bit of news uh also talking about the hollow Oh, The Hollow, too. I didn't watch that, but I'll have a lot of questions. I know. Because I don't know what it is. But Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about, you can hit us up in chat. The uh, usual way of doing it, the lady will tell you how to get a hold of us right now. Want to get in on the action? Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. As far as calling on Skype goes, you can uh, you can call me Moses Magnum on Skype. You'll see me. Because uh, I'm not switching over to the Fantastic Forum account. Larry might be on a little later. He's got work. Um, but yeah. Joe, I had an interesting day yesterday. Remember at the end, I just kind of hung up on you and Larry because I had to go. Right. So uh, 
<clears throat> my uh, <laughs> over the weekend, my battery of my car got stolen. Oh fuck! I hate when that happens. Yeah, and uh, these motherfuckers, uh, they they just cut the terminal of the wire, so it's not like I could just buy. Uh, hold on one second. It's not like I could just buy a a battery and put it in. I had to get the cable uh, potentially replaced, but luckily they just kind of just put a new port on it. But oh, okay. it was a tricky thing because well, I had to get it towed to the place, and then it's one of these you know mom and pop places that sell refurbished batteries or new batteries. <laughs> And uh, basically, they they offered me an uh, option to have a new one. And I said, yeah, I'll take that. You know, normally I just buy my own battery, but then they ended up giving me a refurbished one. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 no. You didn't even give me the option on the phone when you called me. You just told me we had agreed that I wanted a new one. And you didn't tell me that you didn't have any. And so I had gone all the way over there. And I waited, went and bought a new battery, had them put it in. And when they go to put it in, the cable, you know how the, the car has the lever to open the hood? The, mm-hmm. the little bracket that holds the cable in place so that you can, it will stay there, broke. So oh, man. they had to fix that. But it actually made the day go by faster. <laughs> That's the one thing, these little calamities, <laughs> uh, little unexpected wrenches in the machine in the gears <laughs> make the time right. by the time i got home it was like five in the afternoon and i'm like you know my only issue was it's it's you know it's a, a, a auto repair place that's pretty busy and there's a lot of people going in and out and it's like i'm trying to be i had to go sit next to a junk car so that i wouldn't be around people yeah because mm-hmm. some, some of these people walk around without masks and stuff and you know the 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 risk is uh, is there it might not be as large but i'm just not trying to take it like you know what i mean yeah but yeah forever ago when work was a thing um the place i work i work in a warehouse and it's uh in a kind of like a shady neighborhood filled with like lots of homeless and lots of like drug addicts and we used to park our trucks outside, and it was really convenient and easy. Uh, but all of a sudden, they started stealing the truck batteries. And so now, it was like, we had to start parking inside, and everything just became a real hassle. Yeah. Like, it sucked. Yeah. It's a pain. And the thing is, they cut the, the portal, the, the terminal. Like, it's one of those things, like, yeah, could you just not have done that? <laughs> like, it's a whole other thing. Like, And then, you know, there's a clamp because your battery can't be in there loose. So the clamp, they they took out, they unscrewed the clamp and then just threw the screw on the street. So then when they put the new battery in, it's like, how are we going to hold your battery in? And I told the guy, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take it like that because they didn't even have that part. My car is old. They didn't even have that. It's a different way of doing it now. Of holding it down, mm-hmm. and I was like, luckily I went to where I had it parked, and uh, and that's where all this shit started. They were doing the construction on the street, so I had to move my car all far away, and when it was parked far away is when it got, <laughs> the battery got stolen. So I went where oh, I had yeah. left it, and then I actually found the screw, so I was 
kind of able to fix it. So, for those of us that are sheltered, uh-huh. why did they take a battery? Oh, um, because they they can sell them. Like you can sell a car battery to a place like a uh, auto. Rep- I'm pretty sure the place I got it fixed is where they went to sell it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you'll get like a good. You know, the batteries can go like the new battery I put in my car yesterday was after all the taxes and everything was like $140. So if they get half of that Damn. or even 50 bucks, it's worth it for a tweaker, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, car batteries are, are valuable. You can also make bombs out of them if that's what you're trying to do and you don't want to, like, pop up on a list that you bought a bunch of car batteries. But I, I don't think they're doing that. They're just trying to make an easy buck. Um, But, yeah. That's that's how it is. It's that goddamn Corona. Yeah. Getting all the batteries. That supple, well-rounded voice you hear on the line is, is none other than Hecht, the man of that doesn't sell it right when he reviews comics. My bad. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, two, two years ago, it's like five years ago to me. Yeah. Well, more now, thanks to this Corona-demic. I mean that that was a vacation to me. That that don't that don't bother me. I f- it feels longer now that I'm back at work mm-hmm. than I was when I wasn't working. Like I worked three days and it feels like a month already. Man, uh, Burr and Chat. Uh, Burr and- oh, go- no, you go ahead. Uh, Burr and Chat says, "WTF? Some dude stole wheels off a car in Scott's neighborhood." Yeah, that that happens. That's those. those, uh, Yeah, it's weird how quietly they can do it like and fast. Um, But yeah, that's another thing. You can sell those wheels. Make a pretty penny, especially if they're like custom or or higher end. But yeah, fucking crackheads. Uh, Anywho. Uh, heck, did you watch Solar Opposites? I did not. I barely, like, this past weekend I caught up on Midnight Gospel. Like, I saw the whole thing. Oh, what'd you think of that? That, that last episode got me. Yeah. But the whole thing, the whole thing overall, it was really good. I like the, I like how every episode kind of leads into the next one, even though it doesn't look like it or sound like it but it does yeah and it, it it's a trippy ass show dude but i liked it i liked it a lot it makes you think yeah uh how about rick and morty did you watch that the most recent one i did but i can't remember what happened <laughs> well it's good i know i saw it we're not really going to talk about it in depth because Joe hasn't seen it. But what I will say about it is that it is this. This is kind of what more was out, what I was expecting when they returned instead of the train one. Although I did like the train one, it was still a little too <laughs> random. This one would have been an easier transition coming back from that long break. Yeah, but I, I remember. I remember what it is now. What was the name of the alien dude? Glorzo. Glorzo is peace. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, Joe, you should you should watch it. It's it's pretty gets pretty dark. <laughs> oh well, I'll you'll, do it after the show. You'll love it. 
Um, don't don't forget www.story-train.com. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but let's let's get into this uh, solar opposites, Joe, because we were kind of waiting for it. I found out about it from you, um, probably at the beginning of this the stay at home order, and I've been waiting for it. Since. Right. So why don't you tell the people what a what a, a little bit of a a background on what it is. So Solar Opposites is the new show co-created by Justin Roiland and I think Mike McMahon. And it's about four aliens that crash land on Earth and they're trying to live in Earth society. And, uh, you know, you got the father figure who's grumpy and hates everything, the slacker who loves everything and does nothing, and the two kids. The boy is a... Kind of a, not a dick, but he's kind of a dick. And the girl is just a good girl, and she's not as much of a dick. Like, she's kind of not a dick, except like sometimes. Maybe. And, uh, you know, it's just their daily, uh, just random adventures on Earth. Oh, I forgot to mention the, what is it, the gore? The the pupa. I don't know. have this, like, dog thing that terraforms planets when it grows up. So that's there, too. And, uh, yeah, it's just their daily adventures on Earth, like making a kid show character real and then getting pissed off at it when it leaves them because they treat it like shit. And uh, uh, the father figure becoming a magician because the family won't come to his Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> and uh, it's okay. Like, there's actually another thing, which is weird. Like, there's this B-plot throughout the show because the, the alien boy, he, like, shrinks people and then puts them in this like wall terrarium and so every once in a while you'll follow them and uh that is actually some of the most interesting stuff in the show yeah which is kind of interesting um yeah so that's like man it's weird the show is pretty good like it's not great. It's not laugh out loud funny, but it's entertaining enough to watch. Um, like, how how did you feel about it, Mo? Well, it, it, I felt the same way. Like, it's not like the first episode was. While it was entertaining and and fun and funny, it wasn't like Rick and Morty. <laughs> like you compare Rick and Morty's first episode to this, and it's it's a different hit you know um and part of it is my expectation just because of justin roiland but also some of the voices are similar and the art style is like i'm waiting for a crossover just because the art style fits usually you know like when they had the simpsons uh critic crossover like they kind of modified the artwork a little bit you know but here it'd be a transition so i'm like 
Yeah, but what the first episode, while I did enjoy it, I didn't think was that strong. So then I went and watched the new Rick and Morty episode. And I'm like, ah, I don't think... Maybe this cartoon's not for me. I'll just wait to watch it later. I didn't, I w- I didn't know that they actually released all episodes at once. So after uh, I watched the Rick and Morty, I was like, I thought that episode was fantastic. So I was like, and then I saw that my cue had the next episode for Solar Opposites. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll watch the second one. And that second one, I was like, whoa, okay, I'm in. Like, I like that one a lot. And then it just built up from there. I got to like episode four and uh and I was like, Okay, this is a solid solid show. I like this a lot. Now, um the the that <laughs> subplot with the people living <laughs> they they're in these like interlinked terrariums and they created their own little like post apocalyptic world inside <laughs> these terrariums and that I thought was really great. Seeing like you see people go in and you think you're never gonna see them again, and then you next time you see them, they're like these hardened like people that have li- look like they've lived there for like twenty years, uh, and I thought that was was fucking great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely releasing it all at once was the best idea because this isn't the type of show I think I would be like waiting on week to week. Like, right? I don't think I would be. Like, Oh, when's the next Solar Opposites coming out? Especially after like, the first episode. Better to binge it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, if... And, uh, ever since, and, like, the first time I watched it, I was, like, it, I kind of watched it when I first woke up. And I watched it all at once. And it was, like, the first four episodes, I was, like, kind of, like, whatever. And then, like, the fifth episode on like that's when it got really good to me and so like i i rewatched the first three episodes again and they were like better when i'm awake but they're still not like amazing it's just a solid show mm-hmm. but uh yeah i think it does get better and the best episode is the episode seven terry and corvo steal a bear (laughs) because it is completely like the whole episode almost is the uh the wall people and i say almost because every once in a while the camera angle will like show the family like doing stuff in the kids room but the focus the whole time is on the wall people and them throwing a revolution for uh, trying to overthrow the leader of the wall who's corrupt. Uh, so that that was like the best episode to me. Like, it was great. Like, I love that episode. And then the finale is like pretty cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. Like the way you described that second to last episode. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna do that after the show. Um, the only <laughs> reason that I didn't finish it all is because once I did start it, start enjoying it, I'm like, ah, well, I don't want to just finish it just yet, you know. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, I could probably 
stretch out the pre-production and do it next week too, you know? But right. But yeah, it's I I, I, I after the first after the second episode, I really started enjoying it. So I can, I can see it did get, um, the initial order was for, for 16 episodes. So we are getting a second season. I just don't right. know. Right. I heard it was the second season, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize it was because they ordered, uh, the 16 and just split it up. Yeah. No, I think cause, uh, eight episodes usually is what, the Hulu breaks down their seasons into sometimes, especially for like oh. shorter, shorter um, form shows. So I, I think it, it was set up as two seasons, but they ordered them right off the bat. Um, the thing is with these shows that they order multiple seasons of, they usually get canceled after the second if they don't perform. Because they do still, Hulu still has commercials, so they have to sell. <laughs> if they're not rated, they don't keep them. Um, there was actually a joke in the second episode that reminded me of you. Yeah. Where they do like a, a title card for like when you go on commercial break. And then when they come back, there's like, yeah, that was uh, for commercial break, but if you're like Mr. Moneybags and have Hulu without ads, and that makes no, no sense, and it's probably pretty jarring. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see that. I'm like, <laughs> like that's an odd joke. Like, who watches things with commercials anymore? <laughs> like, because I I actually right. have the expensive Hulu, so I don't I don't see commercials. But I was just thinking, like, you know, this show doesn't feel like it's written in those little mini arcs where there would be a break, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. And then that happened, like right what I, right as I was thinking that, and I guess because that one they kind of did write it for that, but as part of the joke. So, but <laughs> but yeah, I was like, are they gonna do this every episode? It'd be, I can see it being funny for a couple, but not everyone. <laughs> right, and there are definitely like a pretty like there are definitely some standout jokes. Yeah. Like, one of the kids are, like, at school, and, like, one of the cool kids dies. So the the boy is, like, telling the girl, like, I'm just going to sit there and not say anything until it feels like I belong. And the girl is like, just like Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one where, because, uh, like, you know, everybody knows they're aliens, so they're kind of like, oh, you guys are weird, like, you're weird fucking ray gun aliens, and then one of them just shouts, why don't you go back to alien-ass Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they play on the xenophobia a lot, which is kind of cool. It's funny the way they do it. And then... Right. I like the episode where they hit puberty, and they have those pheromones... Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that they just didn't wash their head like that's some fungus that grows, and they think they're like developing the kids. Right. Yeah, it's like the racist joke. It's funny, like they don't do them a lot, but they do them enough to like let you know that people are racist against them. Yeah. But all the jokes kind of feel funny though. Like it doesn't feel like like sometimes you can do that kind of stuff and it'll feel like it's dragging. Yeah. Or like it's kind of like, yeah, just like not interesting. Like when you keep doing something over and over, but they 
they've been pretty funny like the whole time like at one point they tell him to go back to the abyss yeah and the dude is like we're uh, not all aliens are from the abyss like i live in a house like i'm a spaceship (laughs) you know what what was one of my favorite like xenophobic jokes is when they're like they 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 accuse the kids of tampering with the computer but they don't have like enough proof so the teacher and the principal are like mad at the kids but they keep getting turned on at how like xenophobic they are <laughs> and so they just start fucking on the desk right and it's like they're just talking yeah, about those two are- we're going to get them we're going to and it like as as they get progressing they, like more and more clothes starts coming off right it's actually there was some a weird scene not a weird scene but a scene with those two where it went farther than I felt like than I was expecting them to go. Oh yeah. Like there's a scene where he actually like bends her over the table, rips off her panties and starts eating her out. Like oh, <laughs> it was like, man, like I was not expecting that. Hulu still has commercials? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh. but, yeah, it's okay. It's Definitely worth checking out. Uh, you should definitely not think of Rick and Morty when you're watching it because yeah. that's a it's a very different experience. And uh, the one thing is, though, I, I just got Hulu this month because I wanted to watch the show, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm gonna get Hulu again when season two comes out. Like. I've enjoyed this. Like, definitely the last four episodes were really good. But I don't know if it's enough for me to subscribe again when season two comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you feel? Like, if it was like a thing where, you know, you have to. Like, would you subscribe to watch it? Do you uh, think? Me. Probably not. If that was the only thing I was watching on it, then I, I probably wouldn't. Uh, but Hulu is something that I, I, I've i been a subscriber, I think, for about five years already. And uh, right. and I like it. I, I, I watch a lot of the, like, the network sitcoms on it. And uh, all the stuff that I would watch on regular network television that I enjoy is on there. So I don't have to get an antenna or get cable. So for me, it works great. Like, I think at one point all I had was Hulu and Netflix, and I'm like, I don't feel I need anything else. And little by little, I got other stuff just for different things, you know, like, like Verve, for example, like that has a better selection of anime than, at the time, Netflix or Hulu, you know. So it's right. not just it's not just the popular stuff, but I can discover new shit on Verve, you know, even like not necessarily just anime, but like stuff like Harmon Quest or. Uh, what's the other one that Gary and his demons, you know? So, right. So I started adding stuff to it, but I think if I had to like, just have two, I'd be good with Hulu and Netflix. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to think that if I would get it just for that, cause it's really just the added benefit now. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I probably, I probably would get curious to see season two. So f- what, which what, with what I've seen so far in the first four episodes. Um, but yeah, I'd probably, 
I think I probably would, but I I can't really say it. It's hard for me to say it um, with 100% certainty, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I feel kind of feel like you, like, uh, well, I feel a little different. I just yeah. don't like having a bunch of subscription services. Right. Like, I'll go to as few poss- places as possible. Yeah. For my TV, that's why I was with Amazon and Verve for like the longest time, mm-hmm. just because I just didn't want a whole bunch of streaming things. Yeah. Um, but it does kind of suck because Hulu's got a bunch of original shit, and like Netflix originals are pretty good. Yeah. A lot of but Hulu I, originals I think... are good, but a lot of them aren't. Like, if even if they're kind of good, they're not like. Like the quality looks a little cheesy sometimes, especially some of the earlier mm-hmm. stuff. Like the Deadbeat. Deadbeat is a, gr- a funny show, good stoner comedy show about ghosts and shit. And but it just it just looks so corny. And they have like famous people like that playing the ghost that because it's like a ghost of the week that he has to help find the light. And so they'll have like good actors and stuff, but it just looks so cheesy. <laughs> like, yeah, but you know that, right. that show's over. And that's one of the first, like, one of the first uh, originals. So they've gotten better since, and they come out pretty consistently. But more, they're all short, shorter form, like one or two seasons. So they're not like ongoing per se. But um, the only one that's been going on for a long time is. I think the most is Handmaid's Tale, which is really good, but it's also an acquired taste. Like, I can see people not not liking that show. Oh, okay. Because it's kind of like, you know, it can come off as preachy. I know they've accused it it of being preachy because of Trump and all this stuff and, and, you know, women's abortion rights and and all that. But, you know, the book was written in the 80s, so it's it was that those concepts were there long before but you know it's just the timing (laughs) timing is everything you know right but yeah so i I do like the the hulu originals but yeah like you said having a lot of stuff like even with this the you know since we've been on lockdown and quarantine i've kind of canceled some just because i'm like I'm not getting to them, and I'm still paying. So, you know, I like that Verb has that free option, too, <laughs> so you can still kind of watch it and enjoy it without having to pay. Right. But, yeah. Uh, Burr in chat says, yeah, it can feel like they're beating your head w- in with it. And this is a reference to those jokes, those Xenophobe jokes. And he says, LOL, that does sound funny. Yeah. So, what would you rate this show? Like, if you had to do a scale? Like, I would do three and a half. Like, yeah, I, I would give it a good three and a half. Like, it's entertain, it's watchable, it's entertaining, it does have some funny jokes. And the wall people are great. Yeah. Like, I actually would probably watch a whole show of the wall people. You know what I like, too, is the poopa, like... I like his little mini adventures. You know, they're kind of like a little arc or B plot sometimes <laughs> that nobody mm-hmm. pays attention to. I like that. 
Um, but we'll see where right. that goes. That might be like they're out like by the time they're getting ready to end or cancel, like they'll just destroy the earth with that. <laughs> but it's good <laughs> to see it develop. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I would give def- it, yeah. I think I would give it three and a half, four, like closer to four from what I've seen so far. Okay. And then uh, cool. As far as the the comic we we read, the dead and the dying, I actually I bought this comic when it came out on Comicsology, and it didn't like I just never read it. So I was like looking, mm-hmm. I I with Comicsology Unlimited, uh, I was like, you know what I want to read actually from the beginning is Bomb Queen. So I started downloading that. And then it put it, since it's like on image, it put it near that. <laughs> when I was looking for it, I'm like, what's the dead and the dying? Like, I forgot about it. But <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> like, so, um, so I actually read that for today. And it's a, a Jonathan Hickman's. Um, hold on, Larry's calling me. Let me call him back. It's Jonathan Hickman, which Jonathan Hickman is famous here on Fantastic Forum with um you know he was writing x-men the that whole like revamp that they did last year and he's done fantastic four which we've talked about a lot uh some of the image books and in the dead and dying is one of his image books and i guess it came out around 2015 (laughs) so it's an old book but it it just it, it it was fresh and new to me and it's a story of this guy that he he basically his wife is dying and he gets proposed a deal by this underground group of like immortal people or something that are all white <laughs> like not white like as in race but they're like pale like colorless and mm-hmm. th- they say we can cure your wife and you have to get this book or artifact or something that they have unleashed this other faction has unleashed upon the world and can bring some form of destruction or something. They don't really go into it. It's very mysterious. The whole thing's very mysterious, but it, the story itself and the way it's written is very gripping. And uh, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and what really got me the most, because I, I read it early this morning when I woke up, and the art, the art in it really, like, it's like, wow, this art is fucking fantastic. Like, I love it. And that that really like it's not even dense. Usually, Jonathan Hickman stuff tends to be a little wordy and dense because he's. First of all, I don't know why Jonathan Hickman isn't writing like actual literature <laughs> and <laughs> contributing to something on a higher academic level. Because almost everything he writes is some high concept that usually I feel too stupid to read, but this one was really accessible. So it's like, I know he could do it. Like, can he give me a dumbed down version of that X-Men stuff? <laughs> like, but I'm trying to put it, some of this art here in chat. Um, there's the cover and some of the title pages and just some of the, like, just open splash pages that you get in this book. And it's just all the line art is really clean. The color theory, like, mixes well with every scene, even if it's just, like, 
pale people in a pale environment. And, like, in this last picture I put, look at these fucking vultures. Like, open that picture up and zoom in on these vultures. It's just really cool, cool, clean art. And it's this dude named Baldenheim. I forget his, his first name. But he just really did just amazing work. And kudos to the colorist, too, because I, I, colors usually, I mean, we talked about how sometimes colors can alter what the penciler and inker were intending, but here everything just meshes so well. Uh, and that last mm-hmm. name people heard uh, was Larry. Larry has joined us. <laughs> Hello. Larry. You came in right at my rant for the dying and the dead. Did you read this book, Larry? Oh yeah. yeah, but you read it when it came out, right? I did, but yeah. but I did reread the first issue, okay. uh, you know, because we were talking about it as well. Cool. But I did read it when it came out. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a big Hickman fan, so. Yeah. And you're probably one of the few people that can understand what he writes. <laughs> I I think I do decent enough. You know, I I can't say I always do. Lord knows, uh, some of that Avengers stuff was a little. High concept, even for me, but most of it, yeah, I that I, I really enjoy the world building and the different, like, I mean, yeah, he 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 goes he goes for it every time. He like and any writer that gives the audience credit, I'm a fan of usually. Yeah. Now, Joe, man, what what did you think of of dying in the dead? Honestly, right now. I'm not really in the Hickman mood. Um, right now, I'm looking for stuff that's more light um, than Hickman. So I kind of just drone through it. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's just not what I'm in the mood for right now. Like, I need more light less dense material right now yeah i I can see that i know um even like this the art in this book like just opening it up and i'm like what did i get myself into here (laughs) this early in the morning like i felt it was almost too early to read this type of book uh first thing in the morning but i did enjoy it uh burr in chat says looks gorgeous and you know these are just some of the pages when you actually see like the people's faces and, and like in the cover you see the two characters but on the inside they the the female character looks a little different because of the the design of these these group of people um but it, it yeah it, the i i can't if you like good art and good writing this is a good combination of the two um i don't know where the story's going i can kind of infer where it's going but i i, I don't it can go anywhere you know, knowing Hickman. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, uh, honestly, uh, I don't think I got to finish re- reading this series. I- I'm pretty sure I got like halfway through. Okay. And so I was I was actually kind of happy when you. And, and, and here's the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure I have all the issues. I just didn't finish reading them all because, you know, you get busy. Yeah. So it, it definitely gave me an excuse to, like, you know, dig them up. It's only five issues, right? I think it's six, six but something six. like that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely, you know, a pretty short series. 
Now, what did you think, Larry? I mean, I, I can kind of predict what you would say, but <laughs> for the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I mean, it, it's not only is it Hickman writing, which, like I mentioned before, I'm a fan of just because, you know, he doesn't spoon feed, spoon feed everything to you. Um, but but this is also very accessible in relation to a lot of the stuff that he does. Because at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you know, it's really just about a guy who loves his wife and doesn't want her to die. And so he's going to do something. Now, what what's going to happen next, you know, based on this one issue, you have no idea, really, because all you know is that this guy has some relationship with these. Um, I don't know if you want to call them proto human, you know, like, you know, it's it's really interesting because. Uh, especially, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, I'm sure Hickman's writing X-Men right now, and it's like the architect of, like, whatever, all the things that are happening in the X-Men universe. And people, um, like, talk about how, especially, like, not not only in the Marvel, well, I should say, in the Marvel universe, all of his stories are connected. And he takes concepts from, you know, Fantastic Four over to... Avengers over through to X-Men and it's almost like, you know, like almost following like one narrative, you know what I mean? And um, as far as conceptually, but there are some people that even are like, you know, if you took, if you look at work across the board, like even through his indie stuff and all that kind of stuff, like the concepts are are there but not in a way like oh well he's just you know using the same ideas it's almost as if all these things are connected even outside uh like like he has his own comic book universe that transcends company lines <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and so it's it's wild because you do see a lot of concepts definitely in the sense that um i mean like things like the city you know what i'm saying like that's a uh a concept that he talks about he he talks a lot about there being a, a, an existence of people that are beyond human mm-hmm. um or like humanity taken to like either the next level or a level of humanity that's greater than our own and um uh even just things like you know he has a lot of monochromatic characters primarily like all black or all white you know, like where it's and like you said, the absence of color, not not um, talking about races or nationalities or anything like that. So it's just um, it's it's interesting, like being a fan of his. But with this with this particular book, at least for the first issue, I think that it's probably one of the most accessible things you'll read from him. <laughs> where, yeah. where you're just like okay like I'm, I'm in on the concept let's go for this ride and now you know how you feel about it beyond issue one I, I can't say I think that is an individual thing and I totally get like I, I feel like what Jay said just now where he's like hey I was, I've kind of been reading lighter things than this and that's the mood I've been in and uh, I'm not certain I'm not certain that um you know that I'm I'm really ready for for this right now, which is and that like 
I can totally that like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like I feel like you definitely have to be in the mood for Hickman or be ready for what you're you're gonna delve into. Otherwise it might catch you off guard and you're just like, you know, it's not that you can't understand it, it's that, you know, I wasn't trying to work that hard. I was trying to, you know, read for entertainment. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it, it I mean I, I like I like this book a lot. And uh yeah, like I said, I'm really happy that that you're like, hey, I'm going to review this because it gave me an excuse to go back and actually finish this series, uh, which, you know, there's a lot of series I need to do that with. But this is one that I'm like, man, what, why did I how did I get turned away from this? I must have been really busy. Like it must have been like everything hitting on all cylinders at once, like work and personal life, and you know, friends, family, because I was just like, I don't know. It must. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Larry, did, did you get to uh, hear how I came upon this book? No, tell me about it. I missed it. I bought it when it came out. Oh, shut up! Did you too? Yeah, and I I forgot it existed. Like I was actually yeah. downloading something else. I could have bought it on Comicsology, and I was downloading Bomb Queen from Comicsology Unlimited, and I guess it kind of lumped them together somehow. Like I don't have any C books, or they're both on Image or something. And I'm like, uh-huh. what's this on my bookshelf here? But since I'm reading on my old iPad, like it was on that hard, that hard drive already. Oh. So that's why it showed up. And they hadn't showed up on anything else until I actually like downloaded it again. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read this because I got it for a reason. <laughs> but yeah. I think it might have been just the logo on the cover. Like I really like that a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I mean, you know, like. Hickman's all about like symbology. Yeah, yeah, because he even has that weird symbol in the back that I mm-hmm. I swear I've seen before. But yeah. I I mean a lot of the the design aspects kind of have a through line to them too. Yeah, and so yeah, so I mean, but you know, and it's crazy too because like when I really sit here and thinking about this this book, it's like I know well, and I can't speak to what you all talked about before I got on the call, but I know that, you know, we were kind of uh, emphasizing the man going to go, um, um, uh, you know, visiting these group of people to, like, help save his wife, and he has to, you know, get put put on this task. But realistically, there's an entire subplot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) With, with, like, involving Nazis and... (laughs) Like some sort of like cultish kind of thing in yeah. clones. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, like, it's easy to like gloss over that too, which oh, is yeah. just as interesting. It's just that the other thing is so much more compelling. Like, you know, that, that, like the, the Nazi cult clone subplot could have been the main plot of any other book <laughs> right and that's the thing it's so mysterious because i did start off by saying it's very everything's very mysterious the story of the guy and the city is the only thing you get any kind of context for right everything else is right. like you're gonna get it later so that's why i kind of glossed over it in a sense because it's like i can't even explain that like i know yeah. they're all I thought they were sisters, but then it turns out they're like hundreds of clones of one person and then maybe <laughs> other people, but they're like getting right. this artifact or book or some shit. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it's, and even like how they acquired it is fucking crazy. 
but yeah. that like they open up with how they acquire it and then it goes into this colonel's story trying to save his wife and that's I, immediately i was like just sucked into that and okay i know that happened but i don't know why <laughs> i'll figure it out later yeah oh you know uh, i'm yeah exactly exactly but i'm i, I was just sitting here i'm like I'm I'm looking at this thing and I, you know I'm just now I'm saying like why did I stop reading this book I don't know what happened and I just did some research and I'm re- I'm realizing now so so issue one two and three came out in 2015 and in well and you know they 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 came out pretty sporadically uh-huh. January April and September of 2015 for one two and three so you know you had to be on the lookout it wasn't like coming out you know every month or even like you know bi-monthly it, it came out kind of almost quarterly right uh-huh. but issue four four five and six didn't come out until may august and october of 2017 oh okay so there was a huge gap in between and i'm sure hickman probably got some work at Marvel or whatnot. So that's so super, now I'm sitting here Wars time looking right, at right? this like I, I might not even I might not even have those other three issues. No, because yeah, because it, it came out like you know two years later, basically. <laughs> and you know when you're talking about an indie book from Image like that, it's not like you're you know you're getting like huge promo. It's not. It's I mean. Some books do, but it's like realistically, if you're not talking about like Walking Dead or Saga, like what's another image book that kind of gets a high profile release like where people are like, hey, it's coming. I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple others, but I, I think Nameless was one of them, the Grant Morrison one. Yeah. But yeah, even that I don't mm-hmm. think got that much like it should no. have been a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's what I'm going to review next. Just a heads up. Okay. Okay, we talked about Nameless before when it came out. Did, I know, did you? But I think I'm gonna finish it and then talk about it. Ah, uh, okay. Well, shoot, let's do that. I, I, I reviewed the first one, but yeah. Uh, where was I? I was gonna say something. Oh, that that kind of. I think that break kind of fill, goes in that Secret Wars timeline, like when all that went down was the break in between the th- first and second three issues. Mm. But, because I, I don't know if, it it seems like it makes, well, I don't know. Like, if you can't have stuff working for Marvel, you can't have stuff coming out somewhere else. But I don't think that's, uh, that's just me thinking, but I don't know if that's accurate. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think it, I think it depends. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about contracts because I mean, some people definitely have other stuff coming out, even when they're working for Marvel. But yeah. um, it all depends on your contract. But yeah, Secret, Secret Wars was definitely 2015. So, um, yeah, that that very well could be could be what it was. Now, Joe, man, what would you rate this book? Um. I don't know. I guess I would give it a two. Like, not because it's bad, just because I'm not really in the mood for it right now. 
How about you, Lou? Two and a half. Two and a half? (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. He gained half a point because he got curious. (laughs) Well, remember how good the art was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Larry, what would you give it? It's a five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a five book. I mean, come on, man. Usually with number ones, I'm hesitant to give it a five because, you know, I still don't know where it's going. But this one, I give it a five just because Hickman's accessible to a dummy like me. (laughs) You're way smarter than you give yourself credit for, Moses. Yeah, but that's not. Everyone knows this. But I, I like being modest. Oh, okay. I'll try that one day. Like modesty is my greatest quality. <laughs> there it is. He's like, no one's more modest than me. Yeah. Everybody knows that. No. I have all the modest words. Oh. <laughs> the modest doctor said I should have gone into that line of work. <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Five, five, two oh. and a half. Yeah. So Lawrence, did you get a wa- chance to watch Solar Opposites? I did. I did. Um, did you all talk about it already? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I like it. However, it does feel like it's missing something. And, you know, I don't know if that's like just Dan Harmon (laughs) or (laughs) if, if it's something. If it's something else, because, you know, it's it's interesting just because, you know, it's always it's always um, amazing to see like people collaborate and then watch what happens when they when they don't. And, you know, kind of be able to kind of parse out a little bit of like or at least seem to parse out because there's obviously no way to actually know, but to kind of feel like, okay, this seeing what they were contributing creatively, you know, or try to be able to, like, you know, um, parse out what part of, like, say, a collaboration is their contribution versus someone else's contribution. And, you know, it's... it's I, I don't... I'm not sure if I... Have I seen Royland do stuff by himself before now? No. No? Or I'm mean, not by himself cuz he he has a collaborator in this as well too and I feel bad cuz what's his name Mick 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 something? McNow? McMahon. McMahon. Say again. Mike Mahan. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Um but you know like I've definitely seen like, you know, Dan Harmon do stuff that's not you know with Royland but I don't know that I've seen anything that Royland had done without Harmon. And so it's like, you know, being able to see that. And I'm like, okay, like I get, like I, I, I can see the DNA of some of his like creative choices in this show. And, and I like it. It's stuff that I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's interesting. But it doesn't hit me in the same way um, as like, you know, like a Rick and Morty. 
And so I'm like, oh, but I, like I enjoyed it and I definitely will watch the rest of the season. I only got to see like the first two episodes. And I will say that the second episode, I think, was better than the first one. But, um, yeah, it's definitely like a, a little bit of a different experience. And it and it. It's weird how similar it feels at times, but at the same time, you can see, or at least I know for me, like it feels like it's. It, I can't say the show is trying to be Rick and Morty because it's not, but it just has so much of that DNA in it that it's hard to like not think about that show when I'm watching this one, and I like that show a lot more. And like liked it a lot more from the beginning. Like you know, like I don't even think I, the first Rick and Morty episode I saw wasn't like the first one. I think it was like just some random episode or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. And so it was like it's it was interesting to watch this and just kind of be like, okay, it it may it's presenting itself in such a way that I can't help but think about that show. But this show's not giving me all that same kind of stuff. But it's still interesting, like the absurdity of some of the things that happen and like even the plot, like it feels like there's going to be like a through line even in those two episodes. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like I want to, you know, I want to check out the rest of it. But I will say that I think because it's like eight episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like eight episodes and I do like it. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'm gonna watch those. If it was like, say, like 22, based on what I feel about it, I might be like, mm, I don't know if I have, you know, if I have that kind of time per se, you know? I might, I might think differently about it, which ultimately, I guess, is the whole thing where it's like, it's just not hitting me in the same way. It's not, yeah. So, uh, but. It's good. I would I would suggest other people watch it. I don't I don't I wouldn't feel uncomfortable recommending it. But if somebody was like a big fan and hoping to like have that same kind of magic from like Rick and Morty, I I think I would have to give them give them the caveat like don't it's going to feel it, or it's going to remind you of it, but it's not going to feel like it. So one of the questions, one of the questions I asked Mo, and I know it's not really fair because you've only seen like two episodes, but I'm gonna ask anyway. Would you subscribe to Hulu just to watch this? No. Okay. Yeah. No. I, no. I mean, I I would think about subscribing to to watch it. Um, before I saw it, you know what I mean? Because I, I did, I do want to see it, but having seen it, I don't feel like no, it's not, it's not the kind of show where I'm like, oh, you have to have Hulu just to watch this. Okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you all think? Um. Yeah, I wouldn't subscribe just for it. Yeah, we all probably. kind of, we all kind of agreed with you. Even, like, I know your assessment of the first episode or even the first two, 
is kind of similar to what I thought about it too. Um, like really similar. Like you should go back and listen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I could sue you for plagiarism. <laughs> <clears throat> but but it, it, it lines. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> like I know I gave it a four after watching four episodes because I, I like the episodes just got better and yeah. Joe watched all of them and. He he said that the seventh episode was like one of the best all around. So yeah, yeah like, definitely the best episode of the se- of the season. E- even watching just the two, like you already get enough to know, like okay, there's a through line here, and there's like you know it feels at least or at least that's what it seems like to me, and it feels like it's building, and so it's like you know I want to take that ride and just kind of see. You know where where we go with it, but at the same time, it, 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 I didn't I didn't see enough in the two episodes for me to feel like oh man, like everyone needs to see this, you know. And it's one of those things where I'm sure Hulu was hoping to to get that same kind of magic to so that they can you know get other people to sign up so that it's like a, a must watch kind of deal, but. It definitely doesn't feel like it to me. Did you watch the the new Rick and Morty episode? I haven't seen the last one. Yeah, so no. No, I I need to look. I actually might do that after I'm done here. Eat lunch and watch that. Um, Joe, why don't you tell us about the hollow? Okay. Um, so there's going to be spoilers for season one. Uh, what? So far. And, uh, okay. yeah, if you're interested in not hearing spoilers about season one, you should click off now. But the hollow is about. Uh, three kids, they wake up in a room with no memories of who they are or how they got to where they are, and uh, they're stuck in a room and have to figure out how to get out. Um, they do, and they figure out that they have powers, and they're trying to like find out how to find out who they are and how to get back home. And it turns out that they were actually in a video game and their, their memories were blocked to help it. So that, uh, basically as part of the game, so that that was one of the things they would have to figure out along the way. And the, one of the teams wins and they go back to the real world, but season two opens with them back in the game world. And so for season two, they're trying to find out why they're still in the game uh, how to get out, uh, whether or not they're actually players in the game. And, yeah, it's just a whole new mystery for them uh, for this season. And it's really interesting. Like, it was kind of weird. I wasn't sure what direction they were going to go with the season. You know, like when you say season two, it's kind of... You know, they already won the game, so it's hard to imagine where they were going to go unless they were just going to do it again with new characters. But 
they were able to do it with the same characters and it was still interesting. Um, yeah, still interesting situation. And it wasn't what I thought it was going to... It didn't turn out how I thought it was at all. And they definitely don't drop the ball at the end like I was afraid they would. So, yeah, it, it's good. It's definitely worth checking out. Lots of mystery. Lots of adventure. Uh, really good. So, yeah. That's my review of The Hot Season 2. I started watching season one. It was good. Oh, okay. How far did you get? Uh, like three episodes in. Okay. And did you figure out it was a game? No. No. Or at least not a video game. But honestly, like it, it's good enough that even knowing that I'm going to finish watching season one. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, the the characters are are really cool and interesting, and I like it. It strikes a really good balance of like, uh, you know, being light and being like strange. Cool. I'm gonna watch it now that I know what it is. <laughs> it's good like I've been saying it for a while but yeah it's it's weird because it's one of those like shows that people aren't really talking about Yeah, even though it's like really good and people are obviously watching it because it got a second season mm-hmm. but it's just something no one's talking about yeah yeah, no, I would, I would agree. I don't, I don't know that I've heard anybody mention it outside of UJ. Right. Oh, Mo, and yeah. there's also a, like a uh, this may make you out or not, <laughs> but there's a lounge version of of uh, they perform a lounge version of Creep. Oh yeah, uh, Bird just put it in chat because um, he said somebody linked to it in his other discord but yeah uh, i actually that song is is it's a universal song because i've heard it in so many different um like renditions so oh yeah it's awesome i'm interested in seeing the lounge version i know i like macy gray did a version of it that was really good Mm -hmm. and uh power man 5000 did one (laughs) which is you know odd to think of but but they only did it live so you can only hear like a snippet of it but it's like i want to hear their version of it from full too so yeah oh that's deftones version of weezer i'm sorry the deftones version of uh say it ain't so oh yeah yeah uh he said they linked to, they linked it right when he started talking about the show. LOL, it was weird. Yeah, the simulation is listening. Like we're starting to see all the all the <laughs> seams now that we're in quarantine. <laughs> um but yeah. So that's you gonna rate uh did you rate it already or no? No. Um Dude, it's 
definitely like a four, four and a half. Um, I guess the half point comes from them not dropping the ball at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it was good. Like I I really enjoyed it. All right, I'm going to – I got a Mo deal for you guys. Well, maybe not you guys, but whoever has Apple. So let me <laughs> play that. <laughs> What's so funny? It's like whoever has Apple. Yeah. It's like people that have Apple don't need Mo deals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to – I don't want to leave them out either. Gotcha. So, so hush for the music. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Mo money, mo money, mo money, mo money. money. There's a bunch of free comics and graphic novels uh, in the Apple bookstore for free right now. Um, you know, a lot of them are issue number ones, but I was able to get like a whole trade paperback of Spy Boy. I don't know if you ever you remember Spy Boy Larry. Uh, yes. So I got the first volume of that for free. I got wow. Secret Skull. Secret Skull is like uh, they call it Midnight Pulp. It's an IDW comic, a, a horror anthology, and it's written okay. by Steve Niles, who created Thirty Days of Night and October Faction. And then he uh, he teams up with an artist named Chuck B B, which is I'm actually wearing a Chuck B B shirt right now. <laughs> So it's like I'm a fan of them, and the cover looked good. Let me see if I can bring in the cover in chat. Um, but yeah, they're they're free. No, that was num- a number one. But I also got um, Ghost, the Ghost Hellboy crossover. Uh, you remember Ghost, right? The lady dressed all in white, dark horse superhero. Yes. Yeah. So I got that, and then I got. A book called Semi-Auto Magic, uh, written by Alex DeCampi. She did the, uh, she, well, she did No Mercy on Image. She's done a lot of different stuff, but she also did the Predator-Archie crossover. So I already know her work, and I know I like it, and this is one of the creator-owned stuff they have on her, and it's it's drawn by Jerry Ordway, uh, the cover, nice. I mean, once you see the cover, you'll see exactly why I got it, aside from <laughs> knowing who d- who worked on it. Um, but I'll put these in chat real quick. But, yeah, they're free, and there's a lot more. They got, like, Bendis' uh, Avengers Disassembled is on there, the graphic mm. novel. So that's a good, like, if if anything you see in these modern, even in the MCU a little bit, but in the modern... Mm. Marvel Comics, like what gave it the edge over over DC in the 2000s came from that <laughs> almost, you know? A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's like the reason why we get a Luke Cage series is because of the fallout from Disassembled, you know? So you have Bendis to thank for that and now Apple for letting you read it. <laughs> <laughs> have you never read it before? No, I, I, I've read it, but... Oh, okay. You know. People like you know it's old enough to where you got a group of people that were almost too young to read it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Especially the movie-going audience. Yeah. Uh, 
So. That's crazy to think, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the whole deal. And then let me jump into this heavy metal minute that I didn't get to do yesterday. So some of the news is outdated, but it's new to you. So <laughs> go tell them, Mo. Tell them. Hang tight. Uh, late 2019, we all got a little excited on social media when uh, when Rockstar's Mayhem Fest Twitter account uh, teased the comeback of uh, the tour. And for those who don't know or are too young, uh, Mayhem Fest was one of those uh, those festivals that happened every summer, like Ozfest or Download. You know, and they, they usually had pretty good uh, pretty good bands, a lot of a lot of metal. Heavy, heavy, heavy metal. Uh, they went under for whatever reason, stopped making the tour, but they teased the comeback for 2020. But of course, <laughs> that's not happening, you know, anytime soon. So now they teased again. 2021 is going to be their year. So they're they're planning on coming back 2021. We'll see what disaster we have to endure and then get postponed Mayhem Fest. But until then, it's happening. Uh, late last year, there were rumors that Mayhem Fest would have Lamb of God and Megadeth headlining, but a lot has changed. So we don't know what the lineup looks like in 2021, but supposedly there will be Mayhem Uh Tony Iommi of Black Sabbath fame, the guitarist, founder, most consistent member among all the lineup changes, he has said that he would be open to a one-off Black Sabbath show reunion. Like, not a tour, but an actual show. Uh, last year, they had the... Now it's like 2018. But they had the uh, farewell tour for Black Sabbath. So they're technically not touring anymore, but he's open to one-off. It's, it's easy to say that in quarantine. He's been reportedly talking to Ozzy almost every day they've managed to maintain a friendship now <laughs> which has always been kind of rocky since the 70s um, even when they were touring this last time for the final tour they were having issues and, uh, when they recorded the last album they did together uh, they were having issues so we'll see what comes of this uh, now in quarantine it's easy to get along since they're distancing and talking over Skype or Teams or Zoom or wherever they talk on. But yeah, maybe we'll see some Black Sabbath uh, one-off shows here and there. Uh, and in memoriam section, Little Richard has passed away. Now, Little Richard may be wondering to yourself, that's not heavy metal. But, you know, Little Richard is one of the progenitors. He's a legend, a living legend until this past weekend. Uh... Anytime you see anybody that has a over-the-top personality and even makeup in rock and roll and metal, is due to him. He's a guy that was a pioneer. Usually the pioneers are forgotten and the people that get influenced by them become the superstar. But Little Richard maintained a career for like 40, 40 years or something, you know? And people tried to, to take his act. You know, the most famous one is Gary Lee Lewis. 
did all his act and uh and he couldn't do it because little richard was larger than life he had that personality and you can't take that away that's who he is you can take his songs his lyrics his money but he is who he is and you can't take that away and that is the most heavy metal shit i've ever seen so yeah rest in peace little richard and finally dave mustaine credits uh cannabis for his speedy recovery from cancer last year megadeth was recording an album but they put it on hold and he still worked on it dave mustaine still worked on the record while he was going through chemo and his surgery and he had throat cancer but if you remember the heavy metal minutes from summer of last year it was super speedy recovery i think within three four months he was back to almost 100 percent and he credits the use of cannabis um and I, I mean i don't i can't explain that speedy recovery you see people not make it through just the treatment the treatment itself is is as bad as the disease almost sometimes but he was able to do it and he thanks cannabis for that and i do too i'm moses magnum this has been a heavy metal minute You know, Larry, one of the things that I forgot to mention yesterday when we talked about Little Richard's passing yeah, is one of these, uh, <laughs> it was a story that he had a a neighbor lady that he really, um, she, he didn't like her. Like, they had an issue. She would always tattle on him when he was acting bad to his dad. His dad used to beat him a lot because he was effeminate, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. so he would always, she would always tattle on dad. So on her birthday, he took a shit, put it in a box and gave it to her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wasn't one of those rumored stories, but uh, Howard Stern played the interview when he asked them, <laughs> little Richard, if that was true. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, that was true. I did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, it was cool to hear him like actually admit to it with such like he was so wistful when he when he remembered it like he laughed and he's like yeah i did that which is a testament to his personality and, and who he was um but yeah the reason i bring that up is because i i did the mobituary for little richard in yesterday's heavy metal minute so oh, like, gotcha. oh yeah i forgot to tell that story there i'll say it now uh let's jump into this news music real quick cool We should have a like, uh, like current, uh, <laughs> well, not not like that, but like. So, uh, Image Comics has released a schedule of things that they're going to be releasing once this comes down, this mm-hmm. stay-at-home order, and they they teased a new series that they hadn't. It was supposed to be announced, I guess, at Comic Con or something, mm-hmm. and so they kind of pushed it up and and. But it's a story called oh, damn I can't now I can't find this story here. Um, but it's Matt Fraction with I forget who's drawing it. Oh, Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson. Nice. And it is called oh, damn it. I usually have these so well organized. Actually, where's Matt? Where's Matt Fraction been? 
at home. Like I feel like he like it seems like you know he was like the it guy, and then just kind of all of a sudden like he was on quarantine. I guess I guess so, right? Like, but I feel like you've been on quarantine for the last few years. I just quarantined myself. Uh, I think I fell asleep while on the call. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up too early, man. Yeah, I ain't used to this. <laughs> uh, I guess I don't have that that news story anymore. But there is uh, one of the things that they're they're showcasing in that that list of stuff that's coming out is. Savage Dragon 250, the landmark issue for Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon made news because Eric Larson said, "I'm not. I'm just not going to release it till the shops can open." You know, and while everybody's figuring out what to do, he's like, I, "I, I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm not going to release it. Once, once everything gets better, then you'll, you'll buy it." You know, um, but they, the the news here is that Savage Dragon is still happening. Like, oh, I didn't even you. know it was still going on. Nah, you knew. We I, I didn't know. We mentioned I thought it, like, it stopped for like one week. something. <laughs> um, that Savage Dragon only just stopped for the quarantine right now, right? Like this one month is like the first month he's missed. Yeah. And then the other one, like I think he missed by a couple weeks was when his actual office burnt down. I don't even think he missed. Yeah, I don't, I, I'd say he might have, but yeah, I don't think he did miss. Oh, yeah, the, no. that was the, the thing. Like, you're right. His his whole like his house burned down, right? It, yeah. It, if you want to see the difference between Eric Larson and Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane will promote the shit out of Spawn, but Eric Larson, like, I haven't heard about Savage Dragon in a long time. <laughs> It it's funny because Mo and I were talking about that recently. On covers, say what? What was that? Uh, he lets people vote on what the cover can, will be. Yeah, we on talked Twitter. About, yeah, we talked about that like last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, but you were probably yeah, asleep. If you don't yeah. know, Dragon's coming out. Like last week, what? A year ago? What? Say that again, Jay. If you don't know Savage Dragon is still coming out, you might need to up your comic book game. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll go that far. Because <laughs> it's just, it, like, Eric Larson is just different. You know, and, I, and I, that's the thing. I'm in a bubble. I, I don't know that he's in a bubble. It's just that, you no, know. I'm in like, a bubble. Oh, you're in a bubble. Well, hey. I, I will say this is, you know. Todd McFarlane like wanted an empire, <laughs> you know, and that's uh, that's evident by the things that he's done. Yeah. You know, Eric Eric Larson, I feel like you know wants to make Savage Dragon, and I don't know that he wouldn't want it to be bigger than it is because he he's done things in the past that have you know shown that he would love to for Savage Dragon as a character to expand and to be like more mainstream but at the end of the day it's like I don't think he's not going to sacrifice the quality of his book to get that end you know what I mean like Eric Larson he, he's he's written every Savage Dragon right yeah yeah so Andrew. he he's into Savage Savage Dragon as a comic yeah. So much so that he's the writer on every comic. 
Todd McFarlane is into the property of Spawn. Right. right. So much so that he built an empire around Spawn, but he didn't write every Spawn. No, no. Like, I'm not even certain at a certain point if he would, how much input he even had in the direction of what the book was going. Like, I mean, I'm sure that he has that. I know he has that authority. Like, I know that he's not like, oh, I don't have creative control over what uh, happens with Bond. But it's, I'm, I'm it's sure about he like gave how, everybody how... an outline. Say again? I'm sure he gave everybody an outline because he's still his, right? I mean, so he gave everybody an outline but said, you know, don't go too crazy. And, you know, McFarlane saying not, not going too crazy is like still leaving you this massive room to work with. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise me to find out that he, somebody was giving him an outline. And, and he's just kind of like, okay, that sounds fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's more likely the way that that things have probably been going for Spawn, you know, in at least in like a, a certain interim time. Like, because I know that he got back involved, of course, as it, as things got closer to three hundred. Because and which makes sense. It's like, hey, the man's running a business, an empire, or whatever. It's like if he decides he wants to be more involved from two fifty to three hundred, then that's his, uh, you know, his prerogative. He doesn't have to be there for you know, 210 to 250 or 210, right, but or, it, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he's it, like, I if just you want... notice when, if you notice when he pops in to up the spawn game, he does it at big beats in the yeah. story. Well, yeah, the milestones and that's, and then that's the thing where it's like, you know, like I know he was like, he, he, did he write and draw 300? I don't remember. I think so. I, feel I don't like, know if he drew it, but I know I know he drew the one of the covers. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely did that. I don't well, think know, he drew fact, the whole it's, thing. It's funny because I just came across my Spawn 300, and I'm like, man, I still haven't read this. I'm like, I should just read this. <laughs> Even though I have the last issue of Spawn I read before that is probably like 150. <laughs> I don't think I've read anything of Spawn since like before 100. I think I stopped at like fifty. Oh yeah, well hey, there's definitely some good stuff that happened in that book. Uh, part of that news story was that there are three alternate covers for Savage Dragon. Uh, cool. And there, one of them, the first one I put up is Ryan Otley. Um, nice. Second one is Walt Simonson, and uh. Savage Dragon 100 by Frank Cho is the third one. Um, the Walt Simonson one I, I like is very whimsical, but the reason I like it the most is that I remember, I don't know, you probably you guys probably don't remember, but when we had Eric Larson on, he said that one of the fi- first comic books he ever read was a Walt Simonson like backup story where Hulk and Thor fight. And it was just two big dudes beating the shit out of each other. And that's what got yeah. into comics. So, mm-hmm. so having Walt Simonson do 250, I, I think, is a special treat for him. And it just, it, I, I, I just like that cover with Malcolm's kids and shit. But, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, mm-hmm. another interesting factoid about the covers is that the cover price is nine ninety nine for issue two fifty. Wow. Yeah. But it's a hundred pages, right? Yeah, and I'm sure it's. I, I mean, I don't. I, I wouldn't mind paying. Like, it's not like I buy them every month. You know, I just read them when I can, right. and right. and not even as much as I'd like. So, uh, like, you know what? If I've only spent a hundred bucks the entire run of Savage Dragon, like ten bucks isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, for everything. Yeah, I've read. listen. I know Marvel has charged me ten bucks for comics that weren't a hundred pages. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not even sure if they were eighty. It very well might have been half that. Yeah. I like the look of that third cover. Yeah, it's a. It looks like one of those giant one hundreds from DC. Well, it's the cover. It's the remake of the first issue. Only done by Frank Cho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. I I like that Ryan Otley too. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You could definitely see some like Eric Larson influence in some of Ryan Otley's work. Definitely. And and you know, you talk about you know, comic books like, you know, how it's interesting like the the through line with the the Simonson going into Savage Dragon, which is definitely a lot of big dudes beating the hell out of each other. And then going into Otley's work on Invincible, which you know, it definitely has it. It has its story beats, obviously, because you know it's Kirkman, but it definitely turns into like there's entire issues dedicated to two giant dudes beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's awesome. Uh, in other so, news, The Mandalorian yeah. has cast Boba Fett. And it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be played that. by um, what's the guy's name? Tamura Morrison, <laughs> and he he played Jango Fett in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. Hey, when does this begin? I think in the fall. No, when's it take place? Oh, it takes. Oh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 Long, long time ago. No, it, in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> it takes yep. place. It starts five years after, um, after Return of the Jedi. But I think the actual series takes place closer to the like ten years. Like ten the, years after Return of the Jedi, the first season, yeah. Huh. Like every episode is like a time jump for I don't know exactly the amount of time it jumps, but. You see Baby Yoda growing. But isn't Boba Fett dead at this point? I mean, this Disney's Boba Fett. (laughs) What Disney's Boba Fett? And he dies in Return of the Jedi. No, he didn't die in Return of the Jedi. Show me a body. Well, I mean, there's there's stories when he breaks out of the, the Sarlacc pit. They're probably using yeah. those. In the books, yeah. Yeah. Which aren't canon. Yeah, but Disney's picking and choosing what becomes canon. Yeah. But they haven't said anything. Exactly. So this is probably their retcon. 
Well, that's the thing. You can't say the movies are canon, except they're not canon. Well, but if it seems like he dies, and then you come out with something and he didn't die, then it's not saying the movies aren't canon. It's saying everyone thought he was dead, but he wasn't. All the movies are the main series of movies were all canon because it's the main so series of movies. Are they explain it or just going to show up? Well, I mean, Joe, they'll probably explain it. He'll probably you just should watch show and up. find out, <laughs> huh? He'll probably just show up. Why Honestly, it sounds up? like it sounds like oh, he's he's a character everyone likes, so we'll just have him. Like. We don't know what they're thinking. We don't know. We don't even know that the writers ne- remember Return of the Jedi oh, and Jay, that he died. Jay, the writers weren't you, even born. I just need you to stop right now. Like really? Like you're talking nonsense here? Like why don't you just watch it and see what happens? It, it sounds like some bullshit. It sounds oh, but, like some bullshit. Well, okay, but you don't know, so find no, out. I don't know. Saying what it sounds like. It, like, it sounds mean, like. It it doesn't. It just you're making I mean, it sound like in your head really, because you're I, saying you're saying that the dudes that are writing the the Star Wars series right now have no idea what happened to Boba Fett in Return but, of the Jedi, which is ridiculous. I don't know if they did. Yeah, but but like it, you, you know they watched know Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's like you like, should know that. How should I? How should I know that? Because it's ridiculous the idea that they don't. It's a big deal. Everything in the Mandalorian is there's nothing in the Mandalorian to to that would conflict or confirm even that it's in the same Star Wars like that it's happening. Like what what I'm trying to say is there's nothing we've seen in the Mandalorian that uh, that conflicts with the movies. Okay. But there's nothing in the Mandalorian that confirms it takes place in the same place as the movies. Okay. Like, you haven't seen anything like that to be like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that from the movie. Like, so, so you're saying, have- so you're saying Mandalorian might be a completely different universe from the Star Wars movies? No, I'm saying it would be easy if you're writing something. That's not interacting with another thing uh-huh. to forget okay. the other thing. But but now they're writing Boba Fett, so they might do some research. Is what I'm saying. They might. All I hear. I is don't know that thing. I don't like. It's it's only their job. Yeah. I I will say yes. You do have a lot more faith in Disney than I yeah. do. <laughs> um, <laughs> he took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, is Ryan Johnson writing the episode? <laughs> oh, speaking of shitty Disney shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Heck. Um, And this isn't news. This is just because it's in my head right now. But have you been watching Disney Plus lately? Like, has it been buffering like all the fucking time lately? Like. Every five minutes, it fucking stops to buffer. Like, has that been happening to you? Have anyone noticed that happening? I haven't, but I haven't watched Disney Plus as much as I have YouTube. I, I don't give the mouse any money, but 
that exact thing has been happen to, happening to me on Twitch. I I have been watching what about Disney. You? I, I've been watching Disney Plus. Um, I haven't had. I I've been watching it for like I don't want to say like the past few weeks. Yesterday was the first time I had an issue, and it was an issue where it literally like it wasn't a buffering issue. It it stopped playing the episode and said that there was an error and asked me to come back later, and so I shut the app down, restarted it. And it started fine for like another like two minutes and then did it again. And so I was like, well, geez, I don't know what the deal is with this. But uh, it's crazy because I was actually watching the last season of uh, Clone Wars. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the first season because I don't remember where I stopped. And so Mm -hmm. I'm rewatching the whole thing so I could watch the last season. Mm -hmm. And it's like four or five times an episode. I get this buffering thing. Oh, no. Probably my patience, kind of. That's a weird thing. I don't know what that's about. because uh, Sounds like the mouse needs to pay for better internet. Well, I mean, I've been watching it, and I had no I'm, problem. But and it's funny, I know I mentioned this the other day, that uh, Disney is sharing servers with Amazon, and I don't know, like, that hasn't been happening on my Amazon so it's definitely something in Disney, like something they're yeah. doing wrong. Yeah, I don't. There, there's some issue, obviously, because it told me that the show couldn't be shown. Does and Disney I, Plus give you options to mess with the quality? I don't think so. But honestly, I'm not that. I'm not the guy that usually messes with settings like that. I'm surprised. Right. Larry, I'm surprised Larry admitted to a shortcoming on Disney Plus. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm in touch with reality. It's just most of the stuff that you all talk about are pure speculation and opinion. Like the writers that are writing Mandalorian don't know Boba Fett died. It's, like Starlight, like what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Wait, this is based on reality. Tuesday. It buffered. Yes. Since <laughs> it's TV Tuesday, what's your impression of the Clone Wars final season so far? It's amazing. And if you like, Jay, I can give you a list of key episodes to watch so you don't have to watch the whole thing if you don't want to. Now, if you do want to, then that's fine. But there are like episodes that kind of more directly relate to what's happening in the last season. And I have I have a list of those if you want it. Okay, I kind of want to watch the whole thing if I can. Yeah, go for it. I I know you can you'll get through it a lot quicker than I would. So, you know, like. Right. If I could, if I could binge it like you could, I probably would have done it myself because it's it's a great series, man. Yeah. But the the season season seven, and the way that it intertwines and in like dovetails, which I haven't seen. Like I, it was literally the last episode of season seven that it did this thing to me, and I was very disappointed because I was like, it it felt like it was building, but the way that it intertwines and dovetails into. Uh, into uh, episode three, oh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Like it, it, like I. Episode three is actually like one of the. It, for me, it's it's my favorite pre- prequel, and I think it's like actually a, a much more underrated movie than people give it credit for. But watching this made me like want to go back and watch episode three like immediately. 
Well, the dude okay. that the dude that writes Clone Wars is a dude that's in charge of Mandalorian. So he knows oh, he Dave Filoni. Huh? Is Dave Filoni? Yeah. Okay. Like he directs almost like a good chunk of the episodes, and I think he writes all of them with Favreau. Nice. That would make okay, sense. So yeah, that so hence... where it comes from. Say what? So, so they probably will explain where Boba Fett, survive, how, how Boba oh. Fett survived. Well, well look, uh, w- welcome to the page, Jay. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, if I knew glad Dave you're Filoni, on board now. If I knew it was Dave Filoni, I wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> I mean, dude, like Favreau. You don't think Favreau knows? I think Favreau has other things on his mind. Oh, like he's got about his hey, Jay, listen, that's fine, Jay. I'll just say it. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> but no, you should right. like. It's definitely worth doing the binge to get to to, to episode. I mean, to season seven because I'm like, man, like, I, I people have been talking about it and how good it was, but even I like as much as people were hyping it up, it still delivered way more on my expectations than I would have given it credit for because I'm just like, wow. And that's this... like having watched like some other good Star Wars animated stuff in recent history thinking like, okay, like, you know, this is, I'm, I knew, I, I figured it was going to give us like some more info on some of that stuff and it would be cool, but I was just like, no, nah, man, this is like, it's great. It's great. These last, like, the, I think the, the last four episodes are basically cut almost like a movie. Can There's you, seven nice. seasons. Can you send me that list? Larry? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll send you the link. Yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, I'll put it in chat too, just so that you know, if people are listening and they're like, "Hey, like, I would like that little cheat sheet," because, like I said, I mean, it's six episodes of of Clone Wars, which, I, like I said, I know that for me, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, to like watch all of it. And I started watching them all, and I, I think I got through like the first two seasons. I was like, man. It's going to be forever before I get to watch this last season. And I, I just kind of did the research to see if there was something. And I, I did come up with a, uh, or came across a really good list. Cool. So uh, there's a, there's been a death in the comic industry. Uh, Martin Pasco. That's Marty to everybody that know him. He's a, Emmy Award-winning writer of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh wow! He passed away. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that. He used to write for Marvel yeah. back in the '80s. Uh, he was story editor on Batman: The Animated Series. Um. But yeah, he passed away. I don't know of what. Like, <laughs> it just says, "Uh, yeah, no further details right now." He was 65. But yeah, he was editor at DC for a while, and yeah, it was the Rona. Yeah, man. Uh, I put the link in chat, but I also it I, I a picture that I was going to put in chat got mixed into the into the thing. Uh, this is actually a new story too. For uh, this comic is coming out at the beginning of next year, Maniac of New York. And it's written by uh, Elliot Callen, 
who's actually one of the former writers of The Daily Show oh, with John Stewart. And uh, it's art by Andrea Moody. Um, but it's basically about a serial killer that, like, you know, kind of like a, uh, a Jason-style serial killer uh, or slasher, you know what I'm saying? Because I guess it's not a serial killer, right? I'm but, in. Say again? I'm in. Yeah, that goes through the streets of New York and pretty much they don't know how to stop him. And so he kind of becomes like, or it becomes like a part of the New York, like, uh, biosphere. You know what I mean? Where it's it, like, it's almost, which is interesting because it's almost like how things are with COVID-19 where it's like, okay, people have to, are, are trying to just live their lives in New York as best they can, despite this thing that's happening. Well, this, this slasher is their COVID in this world. And it's about how, you know, people uh, in New York kind of work around and react to the idea of having like this unstoppable killing thing in their city and how they deal with it. So, so it's kind of like Jason takes Manhattan. Well, but on a long term basis. Well, well yes. It was nonsensical and, and, added a bunch of supernatural elements that don't belong in, fi- in Friday the 13th. Wait, say, say that? What did you say, Jay? I said the movie was ridiculous and it introduced a whole bunch of supernatural elements that don't belong in Friday the 13th. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's completely ridiculous. Callan actually uses uh, Jason uh, or, or, or that that Friday the 13th, I guess, was like an influence for him writing this story based on the fact that he was so disappointed in it. And, you know, so this is almost like if that movie was done right, it would look something like this. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. So that's that's uh, where he's at, basically. Or, yeah, but it, it comes out it doesn't come out until the beginning of next year, but it was uh, being reported by the Hollywood Reporter, probably because of Callan's connections, I'm sure. But it sounded interesting, so I was like, oh, I'll let I'll let people know about it. Uh, Venom writer Donnie Cates teases grotesque symbiote Spider-Man could become canon. Um, that picture I put in chat. Is uh that was a 1993 book that kind of just year in review of all the shit that had happened, and the character Bile is this like symbiote that's just kind of like design wise a mashup of all three, and but it was a joke it wasn't real. But somebody tweeted Donny Cates says uh, read Ven- Venom Bus Volume One and found this in the back. Apparently Bile was just a joke, but. I think it's an awesome concept. Would love to see it done. Hey, Don Cates, at Don Cates, any chance you could bring this character to life? Uh, to which Donnie Cates replies, I've been thinking about that idea since I was a little kid when I first read that. So maybe. But who knows? <laughs> D- don't we have enough symbiotes? We have symbiotes. way too many symbiotes. Symbiotes. We have too Dude. many symbiotes. <laughs> uh, 
symbiote deities. Listen, it it's ridiculous how much, like, it feels like there's a whole section of Marvel stories that are just about what the symbiotes are doing right now. Like, and what, it's continuous. What, when do we get the mutant our- symbiote war? It happened again already, right? How yeah. many? How many you want? What did it? Yeah, twice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's like how how many symbiote wars do you want? Like every no every mutant mutant symbiote war. Oh, I, like... I mean, you, you're talking about like with X Men in it. I'm talking all mutants, just like a big ass battle. I I think I think all the I think X Men are in those things, right? Like, what was the the last the last one was a absolute carnage yeah because not every mutant is an x-men right right but i'm saying like i i feel like well okay obviously not every mutant was in it but yeah i don't know man it feels like a lot it's one of those things that happened with wolverine where you like you got something cool and then you 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 replicate it so much to that it's not even cool anymore you know right Right. It's like Wolverine's cool because of the role that he was playing. Yeah. Not because of, oh, it's just like the character in and of itself. So it's like, okay, every time we make something that's like Wolverine, it turns out great. It's like, I mean, some I mean, of them it, do. Isn't, it, isn't that Marvel's formula? Hey, we got something cool here. Let's keep doing it until it's dead and then keep doing it after that. Well, they don't let it die. So it doesn't die. It just gets bad. That's why. That's why Wolverine can't die. Yeah, just keep bringing him back. I. But here's the thing, though. You all keep buying it. Not me. Not me. (laughs) Look, okay. Somebody's out there. Like there's there's somebody out there that keep like keeps buying any iteration they can of Wolverine, and it's like I know for me it's like, huh? That's the diehards, man. That's like you with the X Men titles. Well, nah. I don't know if I would say it like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's like I've actually considered stop buying X Men. That that did happen, and it's not like anything with an X on it. I'll buy because Lord knows it's like there's all these random solo character books that they put out, and then they do like you know also other random uh like mini series and things like that. And it's just like I don't you know I don't I, I don't mind getting what's good. But all this stuff can't be good. And some a lot of it, you know, you, you have to take big judgments. It's like Wolverine at this point has what? Like six kids? It's like maybe what? two of them are worth a damn. How do you get six kids? I mean, I can figure how he got them. But how do you get <laughs> six kids? I mean, listen, I, I can't tell you the stories for all of them. I, I don't even know myself. I, I, how, how many are clones? Head, there's Deken, there's uh, X-23, there's friggin' uh, Honey Badger. I know that there's like a new girl that just came out that's supposed to be Wolverine's daughter, and then you have friggin' Another? Ultimate, right. And you have Ultimate uh, Wolverine, the blonde one. And I'm sure there's other people, like I'm sure there's other that some of you all maybe even that I probably didn't mention just now, but that's five people right there. And then there's the ones that are like him, but not related to him. 
like your uh, right. like like your lady death strikes or whatever right your, and then marrow <laughs> your cybers marrow and spike right yeah right. yeah i like marrow i like marrow too but yeah no marrow's marrow's a good character except for when they made her pretty like they shouldn't have made her pretty like i'm glad they found like the happy medium but I feel like that was the the low point in Mero's career when they made her like super pretty. Jose Alberto Rodriguez Chuquan, better known Whoa. as former WWE champion Alberto Del Rio, was arrested on Saturday after being accused of sexual assault by an unidentified woman in San Antonio. According to a report from NBC affiliate WOAI, the woman claimed Del Rio got angry with her on the night of May 3rd and started repeatedly striking her. He then alleged, he then allegedly forced her to wear a dress and start dancing for him and threatened to take her son and drop him in the middle of the road somewhere if she got upset and started crying. <clears throat> um, the woman went to the police following the morning and Del Rio was charged with one count of sexual assault and one count of assault causing bodily harm. Del Rio was reportedly held for five hours before being released on a bond of $50,000. The fourth time, the fourth time world champion has not been in WWE since 2016 and a year later found himself facing domestic abuse charges during tumultuous relationship with WWE's page. Mm. Is this person any good, Hecht? In in what term? Oh, I'm sorry. In, I, I just meant like wrestling wise. Uh, yeah, he's he's all right. Mm, but he's, a crummy um, person. He's a Mexican that can't do lucha stuff. He's very much like a power based luchador, but he doesn't have a mask. The gimmick mm. was good. Um, he's all right. He doesn't wrestle anymore though. Like he wrestles maybe two times a year in a. Mexican Indies. He runs like a MMA thing. Yeah. I tell you, these MMA guys, they got anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, but yeah. So that guy. Yeah. Uh, John Ridley is no more. <laughs> Do you know who John Ridley is, Larry? Or just, I don't. Or I don't I, think so. He's the guy that wrote the screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave. Um, really? What happened? Yeah. Well, no, no. He he exists, but he was gonna be part of the five G stuff for DC. Uh, he used oh. to write. He used to. He wrote the comic for Wildstorm called The American Way. Okay. And then uh, he did. He was supposed to do the Luke Fox Batman. For the five G line, but. That I it looks according to this article, I'm bleeding cool. It's not, you know, confirmed 100, percent but from their multiple sources, including John Ridley and the fact that Dan Didio is no more at DC, like that 5G stuff's not coming out, except for whatever James Tinian Four is doing. Because well, well, you know what happened. What happened? Once they started hearing that all this 5G stuff was making the corona, they wanted to drop it and get away from it. Maybe. All right, look. I'm I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like, I don't even know if, if Hector is like I, I, serious or yeah, jokes or I, both. Well, look, <laughs> it, 
it's people are dumb and i can see that being the problem you know exactly like it's that's why it wasn't even that funny because it might be like you know what that might be true uh yeah it might be let's see but yeah that's why it's a bad joke because it might be true yeah (laughs) it's a joke like the people the, the you know all the I stuff guess, was I, on previews, but now it has disappeared. But that could be because of you know DC not going through through Diamond anymore. But who knows? You know, I'd heard uh, uh, like you know little rumblings or whatever saying that you know the um the death metal event was. Or is, I guess, the event that's still like, you know, kind of resetting DC's continuity again or whatever, right? And the idea was Death Metal was going to set the stage for 5G, but it was like a really tight timeline that Dan DiDio had in mind. And once he left or, or got pushed out, that kind of opened up things as in regards to the timeline. And so. But but they, that timeline they, was dependent on COVID not happening, right? Because like everything should have been a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that COVID has pushed that timeline off of its original track anyway. But I guess what I'm saying is, if the deal was there still, they'd be trying to. I guess he had an idea for what that timeline should be, and how quickly things should roll out. And now that he's gone, it seems like the powers that be are more open to the idea of death metal maybe stretching out or the stories coming out of it stretching their legs a little bit more. And so, uh, yeah, and so I don't know. We can't have another that. doomsday clock. <laughs> I don't know if that means that 5G is not happening, period, but it, it definitely doesn't seem like it's happening as soon as it wasn't originally um, considered. Like, honestly, with all the shit that happened in metal, if death metal is supposed to be the like a crisis reset, they should draw that shit out for like a year if they can. Now, why do you feel that? Because I feel if it's going to be the reset that they're looking for, it should take place over a large span of time. Just because that's what resets do? Because they have more time and more issues to work with the story to make it a reset. If you do it in six books, that's going to be at least six months, if not less. You're going to have to do certain story beats. Space to tell the story. Right, right, right. Because in a year span, you're going to have at least 12 books. If they're doing like one main series, that's twelve books right there would that you, they can tell this story. Would you have an issue with twelve books that come out in a six month period? So that if they did it bi weekly, because they've had the time to write, no. Okay. But if they're just going to rush it, yes. right, right. You're like as long as you can get them out without sacrificing quality, you'd be okay with it. Right, that. So, right, right. So it's not as much about the time; it's really more about the space of the issues. The the, it's more about if they're gonna hit every beat that they're they're wanting to hit, reset everything that they want to reset. Got it. Because the problem with every reset they've done recently, 
in like the last 10 years or so is that they leave too many plot holes. Mm. The plot holes are the whole, whole reason they have to keep resetting. Right. Right. No, I, I hear you. And I, and I, and I think, I think I'm with you in the sense that you definitely need enough space to tell the story. And I will agree with you that you need enough time for those, for th- for that story to be told in a quality way. So, right. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Like, Maybe it Dooms- might be better to do it in 12 issues over the course of a year. Doomsday even- Clock was done in what, 12 issues? But it was drawn out to like, 14 months because they kept having to delay shit. Oh, that's very generous. I don't know. You said 14, 14 months. I don't think no, it was, it was like a year, right? I think it was like close it, to two. Like a year on top like of two years, year. right? It, it was like two years total. Yeah. It was like two years total for 12 issues. Yeah. And it's, they had the time, but they didn't put the time into it. You know what I mean? Oh, wait. So yeah, yeah, the no, book, I... it's, it's a decent read. But there's shit that happened in the story that doesn't, didn't have the time to be told. Mm, I hear what you Like by the time you get to the last issue of Doomsday Clock, you see the end result, but you don't know exactly how you get there because it tries to do all this Watchmen shit that didn't work with the story. I'm, you know. I can I can see where you're coming from, and you know it. It's like the only point that I disagree with is that I don't know that the the Watchmen stuff doesn't necessarily work with the story per se, but it definitely could have been handled better and, and more streamlined. Like you know, maybe I chose the wrong words. It's not that the Watchmen stuff that they tried to do. I'm not talking about the Watchmen characters. I'm talking about the elements of Watchmen that they tried to put into the story. It didn't work because they drew they drew the whole thing out in such a long time that you couldn't continue following it because there was this big ass gap of, oh, we don't have another issue for another two months. Yeah. So then now, you forget. That, now that I would agree with. Like if you're if you're saying that like the story is too dense to follow without the books coming out regularly, I think you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, Doom that was the biggest as an experience is completely different reading of the books when they come out versus if you hand it to somebody and they can read it one through 12. Right. Like, yeah, if, so, if I could get a trade of the whole story, it yeah. would be a better read as a trade right now than yeah. it was when it was coming out. Oh, yeah. No, that you're 100% correct on. Because it's, and it's like, you know, it, it's a book that. Like details matter, yeah. And it's like Plus, you're right. Like you're, but the details are are minute. They're small, so it's like you know, there's or there's nuance to them. So yeah. it's like you can't get like, that nuance three months later because you don't remember it because it was right. tiny. <laughs> and there's like three or four different things happening in that whole story. Yeah. That on the outside you can say, oh, it's Doctor Manhattan and Superman, right. but that wasn't. That's what it draws out to but right. that wasn't the main thing there was like you're right three other subplots going on yeah yeah and you're, when you're you get when you have that going on and you don't have it out regularly it kills the whole story right yet yeah, the first issue came out 
November 2017, and the last issue came out December 2019. Yeah, so. Yeah, so it's basically two years. Hey, look, we finally did a review of it. There you go. There you go, people. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> Would read again because I have to. Oh, man. It's funny. He still never reviewed it, huh? I just did right now. Oh. There you go. <laughs> there? That's it. That's going to be the title. Heck, finally reviews. <laughs> Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock. There you go. 10 uh, out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, uh, that's all the news I got. I'm saving some for tomorrow. Okay. You guys got anything else? Uh, I got talk about the trailer oh, Which one? Uh, BMO trailer. BMO what trailer? What? Mm, we talked about that it came out, but I don't think we, we actually talked about it. What is this? Oh. Okay, yeah, the Cartoon Network released the Distant Lands BMO trailer, uh, the full trailer. So you can check that out if you want to. You'll find that online, YouTube. Is that the, the character from the thing? Yes. Oh, okay. Bear back, I'm going to watch this. He, uh... He's a, a non-binary or she's a binary. It's a non-binary game system. Handheld game system. It's they. They, okay. They is, Thank you, Jeff. They is a non-binary video game system. They, they are. <laughs> who is, uh, who may or may not be Korean. Uh, you said you had news, Hex? Oh, he so left what? to watch the trailer. Wait, what? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, I'm going to do a review of a comic tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Which one? That Batman Lonely Place to Dying. Okay. I'll review that tomorrow because I finished it like two weeks ago. All right, Heck, why don't you give us some final thoughts? Um, yeah, release shit on time. And if you can't, just hold off until you can. Damn, shots directly at Jim Lee. That's wrong. Larry, why don't you give us some final thoughts? Watch the last season of Clone Wars, man. If you're a Star Wars fan, I, I think it's, it's must-watch. And Joe, man, what do you got? Uh, last year, DC released a Blackest Night omnibus, uh, which has all the books and stories in chronological order. And there's no ebook version, so fuck you, DC. <laughs> and for the rest of us here at Fantastic Forum, catch us uh, tomorrow, right here. As all, on all, well, maybe Twitch, but most likely all games.com. <laughs>